the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Indeed, welcome to the Boys of Tech. This is episode 370 for Wednesday, the 17th of February 2016. I'm Edwin Herman, and I'm pleased to introduce my co host for this episode. It's Ben Sunko. Hey, Ben. Thanks, Ed. Hi. Hey, good to have you on again. Yeah, it's like almost like a regular guest. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, one of our co hosts is unwell. Yeah, well, yeah, so he's sick, is he? Yeah, he is. He's not well. He's he's very hoarse. He was telling me, so he can't can't speak on the on the show. He can't can't oh. do the show. So he's not running around a track. He's actually <laughs> yeah, not their horse. No, different horse. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll do the show. We've got four stories. Kicking off with, I don't know if you've seen the video, but Nissan's self parking office chair. Um, what's the word? Prototype. No, I haven't seen the video. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite good. It's, it's kind of weird, funny, interesting. So Nissan, you see, are playing around with uh, self-parking technology for vehicles. And they're showing off their, uh, or showcasing, I suppose, their technology by self-parking or self, uh, what do you call it, tucking in office chairs. So you clap like this. And all the office chairs go and, uh, you know, sort of put themselves back neat and tidily. Neatly and tidily. What happens if you clap twice? Ah, then all chaos reigns. You never clap twice. everyone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, look, they said, the Nissan have said, look, they're not planning on, you know, this is not necessarily going to be a a product that that we're going to see. But I've been thinking, actually, it could be a product. I, I think it's cool. I, I think every office should should have this. It kind of depends. Like, it would. The technological price point is the real issue. I think. Like, if they if it was cheap enough, then yes. But as soon as it hits a certain price, then the novelty kind of wears off. I think. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, true. could you imagine having to supply, you know, a hundred chairs for a building at a cost of. Like even if it wasn't that much, like say it was seven hundred dollars instead of three hundred dollars. I mean, you know that that adds up pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I was more thinking like uh, meeting rooms only, not not like necessarily the office chairs that people use for day to day, but in the but meeting even, rooms. Even like a, a large company would need a lot of chairs for meeting rooms. But yeah, I I, I could see like a you know a small tech startup or a, you know someone that wants to be funky or cool would do it. Um, and if it was cheap enough, I could see it being widely used. But um. if Google have, had thought of this first, they would do it. But because Nissan are doing it, Google probably won't buy this, even if it were available. Well, they'd probably just make their own, wouldn't they? Yeah, but I think they now wouldn't go there at all because that's too much like Me Too, and they don't like they, being Me Too, do they? Well, they might just not even tell anyone. Just do it. True, true. They might. They might just yeah, silently. Uh, you know. They'll probably do it a little bit different and they'll make it that the desk goes to where the chairs are. 
anyway, so Nissan's uh, self-parking office chairs. I, I like it. It's kind of cool. And as I say, the, the reason I brought the story up is because I was thinking, contrary to what Nissan is saying, that this could actually be a product. I, I'd like this in our... We, I, we need this in our office because, you know, people just leave the chairs all in all manner of places. It looks untidy. You walk into this meeting room and it's it's a complete mess. Yeah, but then, then it'll get to the point where people just don't clap when they leave and it will still be a mess. <laughs> and then you need to invent a device that claps. <laughs> yeah, that just monitors <laughs> when, when everyone leaves the room. Yeah, yeah. and then claps. <laughs> And then you know like that a- device. <laughs> you know that device would get hooked up to the internet. You know they wouldn't do security properly. It'll be recording meeting conversations. You know where this would end up. <laughs> well, actually, this is the thing. Currently, the way Nissan have implemented this, it requires four cameras in the room to help the chairs. You know, to control where the chairs should go. They're not well, totally sure, autonomous. I'm sure that's not all streaming back to Nissan. I, I can't see any issues with that. <laughs> well, exactly. This is why I'm raising this because you yeah. know that in itself has has its uh, concerns. But you know, let's cut them some slack. It is a uh, a prototype, sort of showcasing uh, idea rather than a product. I don't even. Would you even call it a prototype? I mean, I don't get the impression that this is ever going to be put out there. Like, no, no, it's not intended. Stronger, to. That's, that's than, what stronger than what you're saying. Like, I don't see any. I don't see anything in this other than building something that's neat. So a prototype for me would be something that they build with the idea of actually putting it into manufacture. But I guess that's not necessarily the case. Well, I guess this is just maybe showcase back to the original, one of the words I used earlier, showcasing. It's simply showcasing the kind of technology that they will be exploring for their vehicles. I just can't see them ever actually making Mm. this. No, no. Or anyone. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, nice, yeah. maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe you can. All right, uh, moving on. In Back in 2014, a guy by the name of Russell Persinti from Lower Township, New Jersey, shot down a drone that he claimed was hovering over his house. Now, at the time, he was charged with possession of a weapon for an unlawful purpose and with criminal mischief. So here's the thing. He's pleaded guilty to the criminal mischief charge and he's going to be sentenced. Now, the reason I brought this up is, you know, drones becoming, of course, more and more prevalent. Would you take the law into, you know, take the matter into your own hands? Would you shoot down a drone or knock it off its course or or do something if it was buzzing around your house, even if it wasn't necessarily over the property, but in a sort of a perhaps a position that's just a little too close for comfort or too creepy for comfort? Well, I mean, in some ways we're lucky here in that no one no one is likely to fire a firearm in any of the major cities in New Zealand. Like, it's just it's not going to happen. Like, we just, we don't, we don't have the prevalence of firearms and they're just not accepted these days. Like, yeah, so... We have a lot less access. Like you're not just going to walk into your cupboard, grab a gun, walk outside and shoot it. People just you just don't really have no. that in the cities. And you're less you likely to. At, but would you throw something at it? Would you? I I could see myself like if it was something that was happening regularly, like you know someone in the neighbourhood was doing it. I could see myself building like a um, an interference device and taking it down with that, which wouldn't actually be a gun as such, but would have the same effect. So, yeah, um, okay. I could I could definitely see myself building something like that, but then at the same time, if it's getting to the to the 
if it's being such a nuisance that you go to that degree, then I think it deserves something needs to be done about it. I mean, there's huge invasions of privacy involved, and um, even besides the trespassing, yeah, like, I mean, one person shot one down, and he said that he thought that they were spying on his teenage daughter. That seems like a perfectly valid excuse. That was the guy in Kentucky. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if you had a drone, would you expect to be able to just fly it around your neighbourhood? No, but I, exactly. But here's the thing. Well, it depends uh, what you mean around the neighborhood. If if it's sort of hovering near someone's house or near someone's window, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, at least not intentionally. By the same token, there'll be some gray area case, cases that sort of fall into a gray area where, you know, he said, she said, he said it was too close to my house. She said, no, it wasn't. It was miles away. You had no right to do it. It was, you know, over the footpath. It was nowhere near, you know, and it's going to get messy, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think I mean a, yeah. Well, a big part of it is that they're usually fitted with camera devices. And if it is over the footpath versus over your house, they're still doing the exact, they're still seeing the exact same thing. They're, they're performing in the exact same way. If, if they're seeing something that you don't want them to see, they're invading your privacy in the exact same way. So why do they have the right to do that? I mean, whose rights are more important? Like, they seem like I personally, I don't think if I had one that I would fly it around the neighborhood. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect that to be a reasonable thing for me to do. And I've never seen a drone flying around the streets or around somebody's house. I live near a park and I often see like planes and helicopters and things being flown at the park. I don't think people would really have a problem with that. But just but flying even, but around you, the streets. But if you were flying around the street, you started off at your house and, and you know, uh, you you make it go up high so you can get like a bird's eye view. Would that really matter? Well, okay. If 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 you lost control and it went into a car and then the car went off the road and you're mm. you're around the corner of your house, I mean, are you going to then go and own up that it was yours? Are you allowed to do that? Like it just yeah, doesn't and, and seem a responsible thing to do. Mm. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it just doesn't seem overly. What happens if you fly it into a power line because you can't see it and you're nowhere near it, and it lands and falls on somebody? Mm. That could that could hurt somebody, and you're not even there to know what's going on. To me, it doesn't seem reasonable. Mm. All right, uh, Google's latest advertising, everyone likes to take a uh, stab at Apple. Google, of course, loves to do that, and uh, their latest attempt is to is an advertisement. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's uh, it's. You know, two pianos, only one plays a real tune. So basically, there's a uh, a pianist and two pianos. One piano is uh, just a regular grand piano. The other piano is uh, is a grand piano, but all the keys, all 88 keys, play middle C, the same note. And they haven't specifically mentioned Apple, but it's obvious if you analyse what they're saying or what they're implying is that the competition the only real competition there is is Apple with its iPhone. Uh, what they're saying is that you know Apple's a one-trick pony. And their tagline, by the way, is be together, not the same. Okay. What do you think? So you're saying what the, the Apple piano, it only ever played middle C. Are you saying that the, the they only played the middle C key or no matter what key they played on the piano keyboard, it played middle C? Yeah, the latter. You haven't seen the video, have you, Ben? No, I haven't. No. <laughs> so did they rewire yeah. the piano to do that? Because that would be pretty cool. 
Yeah, uh, there's uh, look, I don't know. There's supposedly a, a making of video, which I haven't watched. I've watched the, the finished ad. The making of, I, I saw some screenshots and it seems to suggest they were rewiring it. But you know what? I actually don't believe that because I think that's a far... Uh, more complex way of actually doing it. You would do it. Uh, you would synthesize it. I would say. Yeah, but how, no- how how cool do you want to make it? That's the first thing that look, I want to know about. Go- let's look. Let, let's be realistic here. Google pro- almost certainly didn't make the ad. It's an agency. An agency isn't gonna. I, the if I if I was that agency, would I take a grand piano and completely rewire it and retune it? No way. I'd no, get them to but play if the you keys. were Google, you would. But Google don't make ads. So, but I think more importantly, what's the message that they're trying to put out here? Is it valid? The thing that I found ironic about this is their tagline, which is be together, not the same. There's, in my opinion, there's nothing together about Android. It is the most fragmented platform ever. So I th- an, okay. H- an well, HTC I- Android is com- can be completely different to a Sony Android, to a, uh, to a Nexus uh, like Android, a, to a... An LG G4? To an L- LG. Uh, yeah. So I think we've it, it, I think we've really cracked it. You're like, if I was going to buy anything, it'd be an Apple, of course. So you've made your um, your camp pretty clear. No, but what I'm saying is that it's completely ir- irrelevant. What I'm saying is that that look at the tagline, "Be together." Is it, do, I don't know whether you agree or not, but the way Android is, it, there's nothing together about it. But I think it's that's what they're sort of saying. By being different, you're being together. There's a difference between different and fragmented. The problem with Android is that, and look, we've talked about this before. I'm sure you've been involved in these conversations as well, where Google will release a um, an update for Android. You can't get that until your handset manufacturer repackages that for its particular phone and makes it available to you. And sometimes some manufacturers will do it within weeks. Others will take months, sometimes years. You buy an app on the store, it'll run on your HTC Android. You move to a, uh, an LG Android and that same app won't run. It's fragmented. Yeah. So I, I guess for me it's the irony of the tagline more than anything else. Well, I mean, it sounds very, very similar to um, PC versus Mac back in the day. These are all the same arguments that Apple were making when they were trying to fight PCs. You know, PCs were built by anyone. You could do anything you want. It's fragmented probably is what people would talk about, the hardware state. But it meant you could do whatever you want, and people like that. And that's the big thing with Android. Yes, they're all different, and yes, they have all the issues that you've talked about, but people want that difference. And there's certain things that one manufacturer will provide that another one won't that'll make you choose their phone. I chose the LG G4 for two reasons. One, it's got an expandable SD card so I can upgrade my storage and I can do all the things that other phone manufacturers appear to not want you to be able to do. And it's got a replaceable battery. So you just pop off the back cover and replace the battery. These are two things I thought were important. No other phone manufacturer is really doing it. So I chose a phone from the one that does. Hmm. Okay. What you might end up, like, I might be an LG customer more than an Android customer. It's like, sure, I'm using the Android operating system, but it's it's my relationship to the handset as well. Um, yeah, so that's it's, true. There's, yeah. there's multiple relationships going on, and you could have a stronger relationship with one party or the other. You might be an Android fanboy and not really care what hardware you have, or you might be a particular fan of that piece of hardware and whatever operating system is the operating system you get. Yeah, that's true. It's not just the, the OS. And that's I guess that is maybe what they're kind of implying with Apple is that you, you have no choice. If you've chosen Apple, you've chosen the hardware and the operating system and 
you know. If you choose Apple, then you've only got one choice of OS. And similarly, if you choose a particular phone because you like iOS, then you've only got one choice of manufacturer. Yeah. Maybe that's what they're saying. But um, yeah. All right, so let's uh, move on to our last story. Uh, this one here, the, the 1970 bug on the iPhone. So rumor goes that if you set your iPhone's date to be January the 1st, 1970, it's going to brick it. People have tested it. Turns out it's absolutely correct. That's exactly what happens if you set the date to January the 1st, 1970, your phone is bricked. How yeah, I know. Now, 1970 is, of course, not some any random date. It's the beginning of the epoch. Uh, you know, the Unix state begins there. Yeah. For a while, it was thought that the only way out of this is to get it fixed by Apple support. Since then, just very recently, someone has posted a video on a fix, and it's simply to open up the iPhone, remove the battery, well, as in, well, just disconnect. You don't need to physically remove the whole thing, but disconnect the battery for 30 seconds, plug the battery back in, close your phone up again, and uh, it's fixed. Uh, I mean, that's not actually that hard to do. I just I no, replaced the no. screen on an iPhone yesterday or the day before, and it's a, I mean, it's a hassle, but that you're actually unplugging cables and things. To pull the battery out, you really don't have to do a lot. Yeah, no, a couple of screws, a couple yeah. more screws inside, and then, yeah. You need to but, have a certain uh, amount of competence for sure, but yeah. But, but more, yeah, okay, but more importantly, you need to know, you need to be aware that this is their way out, because for people who don't know this, well, you know, they think their, their phone's good as a brick. But surely the first thing you'd do is Google it. I accidentally sent my phone to, or or Apple Live Search or whatever they have, and go. I just put my date to nineteen seventy. My phone's broken. What do I do? And I mean, the default search on Mac OS ten and iOS is Google because Google paid Apple a billion dollars to be um, the default search. Really? Yeah, that was revealed in court documents. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. That's what it's worth to, to Google. Oh, wow. Mm. So anyway, sorry, just a little side note there. That I what else to, would they set it to? Well, there's uh, Bing and DuckDuckGo. Oh, yeah, DuckDuckGo. Yeah. So mm. Bing was, I think, people were speculating whether, you know, with, of course, uh, Google becoming more and more of a, a direct rival to Apple as opposed to the, the early days where they worked together. People have been predicting that uh, the default search is going to go to Microsoft, to Bing. But no one's that yet. desperate. <laughs> I mean, even even IE That's doesn't gold. default to Bing, does it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it does. I think it does. But uh, that's gold. <laughs> we found our title for this episode. No one's that desperate. Um, anyway, I this bug though, I kind of bothers me. The fact that it exists, it's pretty bad. I hope Apple fix this one. I mean, I I know you have to kind of. Uh, I mean, why would you want to set your phone to that? But that's not the point. The point is, why this bug aren't should you not handling exist. that error? Yeah, why it, aren't correct, you handling that correct. error properly? If you're not handling that error, what other errors aren't you handling? Well, it does make you wonder. It does. It does make you wonder. All right. So, Ben, let's end the episode there. Um, I'm sure Apple will uh, issue a fix for that at some point. Yeah, you know, like a real fix. <laughs> yeah. As a yeah, buy an LG. <laughs> yeah yeah okay all right ben look thank you very much for co-hosting episode 370 welcome it's been a good one all right we'll do it again another time until then have yourselves a great rest of the week see you next time thanks for joining us goodbye